What's up, everybody, and welcome to Declarations of War. I am your host, Alexei Card, joined by my co-host, Artemis Elboso. Howdy, howdy. We are normally joined by co-host Yin Tan. However, he is busy kicking some uh, Macarials right up the keister with a gigantic nightmare fleet. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, first off, some shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to Elise Marbley from Castabouts, CEO of one of the Corp in that alliances. Excuse me, one of the corps in that alliance. Always great to, meet, great to meet fans of the show in my roams. You know, people shout me out in local. It's very fun. Next time, though, engage me. I know it might have been a tall order. As a destroyer, you were in a frigate. But come on, make some content. <laughs> <laughs> my shout-out's going to CCP for uh, the quality of life changes they have made to the watch list. The changes are up on Singularity server as we speak, which has improved... Uh, it was a bit broken yesterday, but things are a lot more better today, and these watch list changes are just phenomenal. Everything a Logi pilot has ever wanted the watch list to do, apart from, like, more slots, has been done. We've got ship icons, spamming control click to lock up targets no longer brings up the show info window. It's just beautiful. CCP, thank you. Nicely done. We still have advertising slots for Declarations War, so if you would like your corp, alliance, or service right here in this spot, contact Alexei of Card in-game. Uh, we will talk about pretty much anything you want. Could be your event, could be a recruitment drive. Just let me know. Our poll was quite interesting. We had, do you have a waifu? 50% of our audience have waifus. Whew. I don't know what to make of that. Good, I guess? I don't know. I mean, Jintan would be happy, I suppose. I mean, you'd hope, right? Yeah. Well, then again, he said he didn't have one, didn't he? Hmm. Makes you think. That does indeed. Now, you, of course, voted no. Because you are not. Uh... It was interesting. I don't know why you put that third option there. Because if anybody actually like listened to the show, then the third option would be irrelevant. So perhaps it was there just to see how many listeners answered the poll before actually listening. That it was indeed. Ah, I see. <laughs> and no one picked it. So good on my audience for not prejudging the waifus. <laughs> They they had careful consideration of whether or not they, in fact, had a wife or not. You know, some of us are in relationships without realizing it. That's a thing. I actually voted no. Even though I'm an anime fan, I do not really have a waifu in any meaningful sense. But I, I respect it, you know. I have saved on my hard drive a letter from a very concerned husbando of Twilight Sparkle about all of the very lewd pictures that people create of her on the internet and how he's sure it hurts her feelings. And then she needs to be respected because their relationship is beautiful. So I'm not going to say that I have that particular image as a, a tribute to that man so much as for my own personal hilariousness. But, you know, it's about awareness. It's about awareness. Indeed it is. Speaking of awareness, let's make the audience aware, if they weren't already, that the first Blood Raider Sotio has been destroyed. 
Oh, good transition there, Artemis. Oh, thank you. It I is indeed down. The newest emergent PvE content from EVE Online, which was supposed to be able to adapt to whatever players could throw at it to ensure a thrilling, challenging fight against any fleet comp, was killed by frigates. A big, big pack of Punishers, as a matter of fact. Hey, there were some Imperial Navy slices in there as well. Well, they really broke the bank on that one. I know, right? I talked about this on the Fly Rec- excuse me, Hydrag podcast, which should be coming out hopefully pretty soon. Uh, I special guested on there. We talked about this particular issue, and my theory is that CCP assumed, not unrealistically, I guess, that the first thing players would want to do is go bigger and better. So they would... Um, you know, they would they would face this problem and try to throw all the bling and huge ships they could at it. So they designed the entire features countermeasures around fighting super big, super blingy fleets with like crazy concepts or something, and did not think about the little stuff. Didn't even conceive, like, oh, what if they just brought stuff that could sig and speed tank the entire complex and just brought a lot of those? Didn't really enter into things. So Hopefully it's a fixable issue if they even consider it an issue, which I, I guess that they would, considering the risk-reward factor. But man, <laughs> it took us, what, a week? Less than a week to figure out how to break that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. If you watch the, I believe it was a FanFest presentation by one of the developers responsible for creating the AI which sort of runs the entire thing. It's not so much CCP has specific plans, specific set pieces for when they face a given target. It's more of very much an artificial intelligence determining what do they have on field, how do we have all of our ships do things accordingly, and it's very brilliantly put together, at least to a layman like myself. And so I'd highly recommend if you haven't seen the video, it's on the CCP YouTube channel of that particular presentation explaining how it works. It's very interesting, but I think just that particular system, um, I don't know why it wouldn't be able to handle frigates. It's kind of a curious question. I'm going to honestly just blame it on the fact that the Sotio is fit with sensor damps and call that to be one of the demonstrable problems in this particular instance, but we'll have to wait and see. I'd love an AAR from the Blood Raiders. <laughs> right. Why do you think the sensor damps were a problem? Uh, because you have sensor damps on a Sotio. I mean, anything that's going to be shooting it, the scram and the web that reach out to 250 kilometers or what have you means that you can just easily, if something's trying to kite away, hold it down and then your ships can go catch it no problem. Like the AI is set up so that they can warp off and warp on top of things. It's one of the CC, one of the things CCP was very proud of. So the damps, I mean, sure, two targets, they can't lock the Sodio if they're at extreme range, maybe. But it seems like uh, you could get a lot more utility out of your mid-slots. Then again, CCP did say that they didn't want the Sotio to be particularly overpowered, and it was more about the response fleet that came with it. So perhaps it was intentional. We'll have to see what CCP's next move is. But I, I guess on the positive side of this... um. Yes, this was killed in an unexpectedly easy fashion. However, the loot is not an issue, so there's no huge exploitative element to it, at least not yet. 
Indeed. Loot did drop. It was picked up by Test. And the Test guy died. It was picked up from the wreck by another Test guy who also died. And the faction capital BPC was then killed in the second looting attempt. Because of course it was. Because it was Test. I was quite surprised. The first Scepter that died from Test, it had two Blood Raider BPCs. I thought CCP had mentioned that only one would be dropping. But two dropped. It was the Moloch, the Titan... And then one of either the Dread or the Facts, I can't remember which, I apologize. And the first loss, the the capital BPC died to the Loot Fairy, and in the second loss, the Moloch BPC died. Goons, Very had. fitting that the Moloch BPC died while Test and Goonswarm were fighting over it. <laughs> and uh, you trolls out there know what I'm talking about. Hashtag Army of Keck. But yeah, just a weird set of circumstances all around. Looking forward to the next time one of these spawns so we can see if this is a repeatable thing, if CCB is able to change the code to learn from it, um, if that's even a goal for it, which I hope that it is. And maybe we'll see what the price point is for one of these ships when they come, when they come out, assuming that these alliances just don't keep them for themselves, which is certainly what I would do. Alright, our next story. Speaking of keeping things for yourself, taking a page out of Artemis' playbook. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> there was a pretty important theft that happened involving Alliance tournament ships. This is an old school rob the corp hanger blind type thing with Not some twists. Quite. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so the target was the Amamaki police. This is a Informal group of pirates that hang together in the Amamake system. Very skilled pilots. They have access to Alliance tournament ships like Kromoas, Imps, etc. And a, a gentleman decided to infiltrate his way in. He did this by ingratiating himself with the pirates. He then put down the money for one of these ships, Alliance tournament ships, so that he could get involved with the practice that this group had of exchanging ships between members. One group had uh, a certain ship, like a Maracha, and they would trade it for a Kamoa, and so on and so forth. So that the rough approximation was equal, but they all got to taste the flavors. Well, this guy started getting involved with that. He would take a ship, he would trade it to these guys who would become friends with him. And then, at one point, he decided to... And this was the key risk. He gave somebody a ship without asking for one in return. This is a big no-no within that group, but he said, oh, don't worry about it. So he lent this ship out without any exchange, and he got it back. And now there was a social obligation in that the person that he traded it to likely would do the same thing for him, trade him one of the ships without any reciprocation required. So sure enough, he did it. And he got another ship from somebody else along the same lines and managed to walk away with a Kromoa, an imp, and an officer fit panzer. Uh, are we clocking this in at 300 billion? It seems low for these things. It really depends on the fittings. And I mean, the Kromoa reportedly has 400 kill marks on it, so that's got to add some value somewhere there. There's going to be some sentimental value of the owners. Like, I would honestly mark the value of this theft at priceless. 
But uh, as far as Iskwise is concerned, the Kromos is very powerful. The Imp, not so much, at least from an Alliance tournament perspective, which I think would uh, be where the majority of their value would come from, apart from being collector's items. So, mm-hmm. well, The Panther was officer fit, so that's that's not cheap right there. Oh, not at all. I'd, I'd probably put this closer to 500 if I had to... Just just for the notoriety and the likely fit of some of those ships. I mean, if they're officer vetting a Panther, I'm sure they're not spending anything cheap on the Cromoa. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So my, my personal value would be probably closer to 500, but that could be highballing a little bit. But the overall point is this is a pretty daring raid, very carefully planned, very cleverly executed, a lot of dedication. This guy had to go out and buy an Alliance tournament ship just to get involved in this. And he managed to walk away with two of them, in addition to the one that he bought. Um, and of course, the biggest claim is the friendship, which, yeah, I mean, those guys have to feel pretty bad. And there's some talk in the Reddit thread from the leader of the Amamaki police, very ups- clearly upset, uh, as anyone would be. Um, he warned the people involved not to trade the ships without getting any reciprocation, but they went ahead and did it anyway because this guy did such a good social engineering job. It's just unfortunate. You know, these guys had established trust between each other. I'm sure that level of trust is never going to quite be the same. And uh, recent development to the story, not quite... Uh... Not quite as important, but still interesting nevertheless. TikTok, TikZik, I probably pronounced it incorrectly, the individual who lost the Cremoas to the thievery, uh, was out on an alt, mining an Auroracle, streaming it live on Twitch, and uh, the expected happened. Greenswarm came over in a hundred or so stealth bombers and killed him. So, just sort of adding insult to injury, if you will, although I have a feeling he wasn't too upset about the Auroracle loss. It certainly has perspective on it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do not recommend mining in LOSEC or NELSEC while streaming. It seems like a bad idea. Many other things you can stream in EVE. That is not one of them. I mean, I was watching late last night. I guess it was about 5 a.m. my time. And uh, there was a Russian Nix who is streaming, running some sites... Although he had proper OPSEC with uh, his streaming setup, he couldn't tell what system he was in. He was properly aligned out of his sights and things like that. So you can stream many things if you set it up properly. Well, speaking of things not set up properly, hey. We are on a roll today. Yeah, we're doing good with these. Uh, There is a new exploit that has made some waves. Uh, Related to ghost training, now, for the veterans listening to the podcast, you guys will be familiar with the term. For those new guys, ghost training is essentially where you're getting free skill points. You're enabling your account to train when it really shouldn't be able to train. Um, For instance, if you're not paying your subscription. Um, It, for a time, was acceptable if you had a skill in training and you weren't paying your subscription, the thing would train. That got fixed. Uh, but it's now kind of back. Artemis? Indeed. So it seems that when an account lapses from Omega to Alpha, your skills will continue training until you log in to that account. And so. And specifically at the Omega rate. Indeed, yes. And you can be training Omega skills, so skills that you would otherwise not be able to train with an Alpha account. 
So uh, when this was announced, it was theorized that many an injection or pardon me, skill injector farm was running on ghost training, merely just letting the skill points accrue. And then at some point when it looked like the bug was going to be fixed, the individuals would log in and cash out. And, and we're uh, talking a lot of money um, oh yeah. because you can train multiple characters and accounts. And because these skill farmers routinely run multiple accounts, I mean, and and the value of the skills themselves, and they're they're pretty pricey, pretty valuable items, skill points. So we're talking about a pretty huge way to get free money for something you really shouldn't be able to do. And interestingly, there hasn't been a CCP exploit notification, CCP even saying, hey, listen, we know that this is the, a sort of thing which somebody could accidentally induce this ghost training exploit without intending to. They just weren't paying attention to how much time they had left on their Plex because they can't see that anymore on the login window or for some reason. And so... We understand that's going to happen. We don't have a fix for it right now, but we will be looking into things. And if you are using this specifically and purposefully to game the system, to make ISK, to farm skill injectors, that is a bannable exploit. But there has been no communication whatsoever. I wish Jin was here so that we can ask him for the CSM's perspective, if he were willing to share it. Oh, I, I'm, I'm sure he would want to share it. From having been in his position, I don't know that he would be able to because I'm sure, I mean, any kind of exploit to EVE is usually closely guarded by CCP until it's fixed. They don't want to discuss it. They don't want to acknowledge it. They'd rather not be talked about because they don't want people abusing it until they're able to clear it. So a lot of times with patch notes, what you'll see is a number of exploits have been fixed. And then sometimes afterwards, they'll go back and edit after the patches come out to tell you exactly which ones. Anything that sort of could be made worse by more people finding out about it, they would, especially when it's related to the code, they'd prefer it not discussed. But that doesn't mean that they're not going to do anything about it. It's just that this is one area where communication doesn't make things better. Transparency doesn't make things better. But on the other hand, you have to ask with these kinds of issues, not just with CCP, but with any company or government or institution, if it hadn't been released publicly, you know, would there be the pressure to go fix it? Would it be on their radar? Um, I'd like to think that it, it was or would be, but this seems like something that's severe enough that it should have been prioritized a while ago, unless it's a recent issue that only got enabled because of a, a change that they just made. If this has been in since alphas have launched, that's pretty serious. Indeed, and a note on its severity, uh, individuals are speculating that the skyrocketing price of Plex, which a month's training time is now roughly around 1.5 billion if you buy all 500 Plex off of Vita Market, individuals are theorizing that the publication of this exploit and perhaps farmers who are taking advantage of it looking to cash out or individuals looking to take advantage before it gets uh, patched out and therefore starting up a new injection farm are leading to an increase of demand for Plex. But uh, that plus various market forces involving the lower price point of Plex and things like that are all sort of muddling the wa muddying the waters and preventing proper analysis, in my opinion. True. That's a big issue. There are a lot of things that could impact it. But one thing to keep in mind is the 
folks that may have known about this. And there are a large number of folks that may have known about this before it became public anyway. So this may have contributed to the rise of Plex prices in general. Um, it's it's really hard to say how much that has impacted it versus other factors. And these Plex farmers, or these account farmers, when they grind the skill points like that, they're almost all doing it via Plex. They're not paying out of pocket to create these farming accounts. And if you're running 60 accounts, which is not unheard of for these guys, in fact, that's probably a low number for some of them, that farm needs a lot of Plex to keep going. And if you know there's this financial incentive because of the exploit, yeah, you know, it's not unreasonable to think that they've been steadily increasing the size of their farm to take advantage of it, and that would put an upward pressure on Plex prices just as a result of the increased, I would almost call it pseudo-artificial demand. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't for this particular issue. Indeed. Another big story we want to talk about, and this is something I, I don't have tons of information on, but I came across it last night on a zero-zero room, and I really thought it worth mentioning. There is fighting heating up in Cloud Ring and Pure Blind, and I haven't really read about it in a lot of places. Um, I noticed when I was going into Cloud Ring that there were tons of places that were reinforced. I was like, oh, what's, what's going on? And then a couple jumps deep, we actually ran into a series of fleets from both sides of the conflict. Um, we didn't get caught by them, but they were out about clearly doing things. And so I thought it worth mentioning because it really hadn't been brought up anywhere. Uh, it seems like Cal Militia, Caldarian Militia, and Exodus are teaming up. And they are attacking various small alliances in Cloud Ring. Some of them, I think, renters. Possibly not all. A little unclear. Um, but they are under assault. Uh, three different alliances and three different constellations, all by the same groups. And they're actively fighting over these things. Um, so at least one of the alliances is fighting back, I can tell you that much. Uh, the other two, unclear how occupied they are. I didn't see any when I was flying through, but I did see some of the other group. Um, Could perhaps yeah, be a result of the recent exodus of uh, initiative from Syndicate. They have been well and truly rooted from the region. Their assets are dying by the dozens every day. They've effectively completely evacuated, barring some likely jump clones and a Macarial fleet or two just in case they can take advantage of people being silly with super caps or something like that. But any diplomatic agreements or non-aggression packs, defense packs, which Initiative had with these relatively nearby neighbors would no longer be in effect. And so, or perhaps either they're still in effect and Initiative simply isn't in a position to be able to come to their aid. And so that opens the floodgates, if you will, to any would-be attacker to just come in and either go for the good fights, which may be the case with Calmill plus Exodus. They don't, if I recall correctly, neither of those groups are particularly interested in Solve Null, or even NPC Null for that matter. But in either case, it's curious and uh, going to be very interesting to see how it develops in the future. And, you know, even if there wasn't a formal agreement in place initiative might be a big deterrent to other groups saying, oh, we can't even do anything in here because of initiative. Now that that pressure is gone, you know, there's a little less certainty and people may be looking to take advantage of that. 
Uh, I did talk to someone in Exodus. I don't know how much he would like me to disclose about that conversation. Um, it wasn't immediately clear to me if this was because of fights or because of space. The sheer number of systems and structures that got reinforced kind of make me think that it's more about space than not. Maybe they're looking for a place to grind. Are these station systems, perchance? Uh, they are. We're looking at a uh, a land grab for what could be rather valuable faction citadels come patch day in the fall. It's. I would say it's not beyond the realm of possibility. And if you have the military power to take and hold one, eh, I mean, even if you don't plan on keeping sob space for a long time or at all, yeah, that's a lot of money to be turning down if you know you can just reach out there and grab it. Indeed. What would be very curious is these groups seem to me, Exodus in particular, very PvP-focused, and so I would question whether or not they would have the Care Bear wing, if you will, to be able to go in and keep the ADMs high. Because if the ADMs aren't very high, then the sovereignty is very easy to reinforce, and as patch day draws nearer, perhaps a bigger fish will come along to try and take that land away from them. Perhaps, but because they are PvP-focused, I mean, it could be argued that that's just a, a honeypot for content, right? Depending how big that fish is, maybe they can have some good fights anyway. Indeed. Uh, likewise, checking the map, I noticed that Pure Blind Cartel has a lot of their shit reinforced as well. Having roamed up there, I'm speculating, cannot conclusively say, this is done by Pandemic Horde, which had what looked to be... Uh, Fozzy Claws, like a large fleet of them, roaming around their headquarters system, and the systems that are being reinforced are not too far away from those. So I don't think it's beyond their own possibility that Horde is involved with that. Again, I can't confirm. Could be allies of Horde, could be totally unconnected. I suspect that it's them. <laughs> and uh, hard to say what that's about, but again, it's it's mostly station systems, so perhaps it's the land grab, perhaps they're just Sick of having those guys up there as neighbors. It's curious to see, even during the southern month, or pardon me, the summer months, that despite the fact that there are no big capstone wars happening at the moment, there's still quite a lot of activity going on. There are fights everywhere. We were just talking before the show about various cap and super capital brawls that seem to be just so prolific nowadays that it's not even worth mentioning. And so even during what is typically the downtime of EVE Online, it seems the universe is quite abuzz with activity. Yeah, for all the shit talk about, you know, EVE's population numbers and shit talk about Fozzysov, it certainly seems like a lot of activity is happening, um, both in NullSec and LowSec. So uh, some of this is not even around the new Citadel feature. A lot of it's over moons, Sov space opportunity for capital kills uh, and then some of it is around citadels so I, I just think the overall eve pvp ecosystem is in a pretty good spot game feels healthy you know what i mean indeed as i say that transitioning to my host highlights i did go about 80 jumps in null sec without actually getting anything to kill oof Yes, uh, but in fairness, it was just me and an alpha clone guy and an executioner, so it's not like we had a really 
we couldn't like go fight the Exodus fleet or anything like that. We did see fleets out there, but they were all too large Nothing for us to engage. What was that, Aris? I was just confirming that there was nothing engageable. So, PvP yes. very smartly there on your part. Knowing which fights you can take, which fights you cannot. I've been a little reckless with my ships past couple months. Something I'm trying to work on, get myself back into that more disciplined fighting style. You know, between the job and, and the corp trying to grow, I want to make sure that there's content for everyone. So I've been taking more fights with a higher margin of error than I normally tolerate uh, just to try to, you know, get the guys some PvP experience even if they wind up dying for it. Now I'm trying to transition back into my usual flying style, which is a little more conservative. Um, I say that in a good way, though. I mean, I've always been quite proud of how I've flown. Uh, just, you know, turning down a few more fights. For instance, my host highlight is we got a beautiful saber kill. And it was the only kill that we got in this room, but I feel really good about it. Um, we're chasing down a Caracal, who had itself just destroyed a Sino in the system in Pure Blind. And this is two jumps off from Horde's, one of Horde's home systems, 7RM. And we killed the Saber in FN because the Saber was going to FN to cut off the Caracal, which didn't wind up going through the gate. But there was a Carrier, and I uh, forget what else, with something fast and tackly in B9 chasing us. Or chasing the Caracal, but good to chase us. It was the Caracal itself. I was in a Jackdaw, and we had an Alpha Clone Executioner. And there's this Saber. And then on D-Scan in FN, we had an Orthrus, minimum. Uh, I think there was another Interceptor as well, like a Tyrannus. And then in 7RM itself, there was a large fleet of Claws. So we are like, sandwiched in between a whole bunch of bad news. Wow. This Saber comes in to drop the bubble. We get a fantastic fight. Um, well, it, it wasn't really much of a fight because we ended up killing him pretty easily, but it was great teamwork between me and Cousin Pete, a.k.a. Bogdanovich, uh, one of my corp members. He was in the Executioner. He landed a picture-perfect scram on this saber, allowing me to apply full missile damage, and this guy never had a chance. Couldn't make it back to gate despite being in one of the fastest destroyers in the game. And my jackdaw cut him to pieces. And then before the Orthrus could arrive on the gate, before they could get a defense fleet together or call in the claws, we booked it out of there and exited all the way back out to high sec, or excuse me, low sec, in pretty short order. Um, so normally, like two, three months ago, I'd be hanging around, maybe going to try and like keep roaming deeper into the space. But, you know, Artemis knows, most of my listeners know, like, that defense league got stirred up, probably would get us camped in, almost certainly would not get any kills further down that pipe. So it changed directions completely, went out to low sec, and went back in to cloud ring through another direction, um, and kept continuing on the roam. Roamed all the way out to fountain, where we found another huge fuck-off fleet that we had to leave. <laughs> we ran into a... Uh, a Mauler fleet, a Gila fleet, a mixed tackle and tech three, or excuse me, tackle and attack battlecruiser fleet. Uh, there was a hurricane fleet running around, which we didn't see personally, but was coming to us from various sources. 
And then there was a, what were those guys? I want to say like Loki's or something in Fountain that was like, oh shit. Loki's? A Loki fleet? Like legitimately? No, I think it was Loki's supporting something else, but it was like Uh. nasty web light missile stuff. Web autocannon light missile, like no possible way that we could engage it kind of thing. So that was like just got ping ponged between various fleets that we could had no hope of even like pulling a ship off of to kill. And then trying to find kills in between those guys. We managed to get the saber and it felt good. And we headed out and just had a good room. And by the end of it, um, I think Pete had a good time. He certainly learned a lot. It was his first nullsec roam. So I taught him about gate scouting, using safe spots, um, bubble mechanics, we improved his scouting a little bit. Um, yeah, it was, uh, he ran his first shield ship. We had the uh, Executioner fit up with a medium shield extender, and so little damage and speed in the low slots. It was all in all, it was pretty good. Um, Sounds very fun. It was very fun, very enjoyable. I wish there had been a little higher volume of kills, but it was still a good time. We had fun together, and that's ultimately what matters. Indeed. And while Alexia of Card is working on restraint and uh, taking uh, perhaps better thought out and more engageable fights, I am doing the opposite. Uh, back a week and a half ago, I just felt like going out and blowing up some spaceships. So I grabbed my trusty triple rep vexer, which you may recall I tackled Roracle in previously. And this time I was accompanied by the current Noir CEO, Delator, in an Omen Navy issue. And we went hunting through syndicates. Uh, we passed through syndicates. Of course, even a week and a half ago, initiative had very much departed the region. And so we didn't find very much to engage there. Made our way down into solitude, out into Placid, just generally scouting things out, seeing what we could find. It was very late at night, so lower population numbers as far as online is concerned. But we did eventually come across a Sino, which I instinctively warped to at range, mind you. I didn't warp at zero. But alas, it was on a pause, and I was volleyed off the field before I could warp. Undeterred, I reshipped into another triple rep vexer. Thank you to all of those who stock the station system in Stackmon. I appreciate it. And I gave you uh, quite a bit of isk and profit, I expect, given the unbelievable prices. Nevertheless, we continued on made our way down back into solitude, and we found a back-end system with a little bit of ratting activity. So we decided, well, you know what, it's worth a shot. So far, we'd only found a Gnosis on a gate trying to get some footage for a solo PvP mixtape. We killed him, of course, uh, and we wanted more. So we found a Brutix who worked to a station. I chased him to the station. He docked up, presumably to refit undocked, and then warped to a belt. And so we knew this guy is either a complete and total idiot who is ratting with hostiles and system, or he's up for a brawl, and boy, were we ready for the second. So we went in, my triple rep vexer and an Omen Navy issue at range versus a blaster Brutix. I tackled the Brutix, tanked him rather well. The triple rep vexer did its job appropriately. And then as the Brutix Navy issue was falling through structure, two widows appear 200 kilometers above the fight. These widows were within the same corporation, or pardon me, were not within the same corporation, but appeared to be aligned with the Brutix pilot. 
and they just sort of sat there, decloaked 200 kilometers above, even after their Brudick's friend, presumably, died, and we decided to burn for them. A T-1 cruiser and a faction cruiser with very little staying power, burning after two widows. We managed to tackle them both. One of them appeared to be breaking its tank. It may have been baiting us. We don't know for sure, but uh, we took the fight nevertheless. My Vexer inevitably died, but the Omen Navy issue, skillfully piloted by Delador, made it out. All in all, it was a fun roam. It was resulted in only two kills, but just generally a fantastic engagement with people doing very weird things and the kind of things you love to do in here. That seems to be the, the theme when you're going out solo duo. You have to turn down a lot of fights, but then you find people doing really strange stuff, and sometimes you can take advantage of it. I really wanted to kill a widow in a T1 cruiser. I was I was so into it. Like even if that widow wasn't breaking whatsoever, I would have stayed on grid till I died. So your triple rep vexer was not able to keep up with that damage. It was a double widow, and interestingly enough, I forgot to mention they warped a procurer on from the widows with the widows. They warped a procurer like fifty kilometers off or so. He just launched drones and aligned out. And so I had a Procure and two Widows shooting at me. One Widow was Rapid Heavy, if I recall correctly. The other was Cruise Fit, interestingly enough. Hmm. But I was unable to keep up. I, in fact, ran out of cap boosters. Oh, no. Yeah. That's the most frustrating thing. Well, I, I sympathize with your, uh, your comment about the prices in Stackmon being inflated. I paid nearly triple what I paid in Jita for some faction neutralizers, just buying them in Dixie. Mm. Ridiculous. I still wound up doing it stupidly. Like, I regret it to this day. I should have just flown to fucking Jita and bought them for, for that money. But I wound up buying it, supporting the local market, yada, yada, yada. Man, what a rip. The Galenti prices are so inflated, it's crazy. Quite the opportunity for some arbitrage there, uh, market mm -hmm, APs. Mm -hmm. little, little buy and resell action. Ah, well, I'm sure we have been in contact with Chintan, and he was in a fleet fight. Apparently, I believe, if I may speculate, his highlight for this episode would be tackling supers and killing both a Waffles Macarial fleet and an Fcon Sfeeple fleet, all in the space of roughly an hour. Quite curious, quite eventful. Uh, he may, in fact, join us to give us his highlight presently. Stand by. Ooh. He, <laughs> I reminded him that he's not on TS. He asked he, exact quotes from Yintan. Can you guys not hear me? Where, <laughs> where are you talking? Uh, I'm sorry, you're not on TS. Oh, right. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I think you went a little bit Aussie there at the end, but good job. I did. A little, a little couldn't. I couldn't quite keep my yin when he shouts because I actually don't really know what yin tan sounds like when he shouts. Uh, yin, welcome. Oh, <laughs> Would you care to do a dramatic reading of your final four lines in Skype? All right. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> anyway, I gotta be relatively quiet because it is like nearly one in the morning and I have work in five hours, but I'm gonna be here anyway. We're so um, glad to have you here, Yin. Uh, you're just in time to join us for host highlights. Oh. So Would you like to relay what happened with these supers that you tackled? Yeah, basically, I, I don't actually 
to this day know what they were doing, but um, basically we saw a Nyx and a Revenant just on a gate in the middle of Providence, and like someone just poked us in FC channel. I was like, I just heard this from my dude, and I was like, fucking send all the interdictors. I think we must have lost. Like, I think we sent at least twenty fucking dictors to die for us. And I was like desperately rage pinging at like eleven o'clock at night, trying to get people to come in. And oh my god, it was a fucking atrocious mess. Um, and then we were, and then we couldn't quite get the get our nightmares there in time. Um, so the Nyx and the Thantos and the Capsule jumped out, but that, that left the Mac fleet there, and they didn't want to jump in a Titan, because they knew we had dreads, like, fucking everywhere. Um, so they had to run the Mac fleet out of Provi, so I was chasing Macarios in fucking nightmares, but I was having every gate in front of them just bubbled to shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we nearly caught them, but they just got through to Asar at the last possible moment, and uh, we only caught, like, a Loki and a Macario. Um, and uh, also, oh, also, we killed an entire bad fella, like just collateral damage as we jumped through a gate. There was an entire fucking bad fella's Ferox fleet. So I was just like, guys, align to this gate. Also, kill all these Feroxes. So <laughs> just like drive by to a fleet, and then on the way back, um, Fcon was running, roaming our space in Zvipples, uh, like a sixty-man Zvipple gang, um, and they were using an Orca to bait. So we just landed at one hundred off their Orca and just started massacring Zvipples. <laughs> like I just called free fire because I couldn't call targets fast enough. Oh, it was a hell of a day, but fuck me. So... Uh, whose supers were they to kick all this off? I believe it's Pandemic Legions. Who else? Wow. Yeah, interesting times. Was a Jin Tan corpse acquired for Team Ten or Team Twenty? I I didn't die, so nah. go me. Do you know what the current counts are at, Ian? Uh, yeah, I believe it's same as before because I haven't died since last time. So refresh my memory. Twenty is still winning. I believe five zero was the last yeah, time I heard. That's that's quite accurate. Okay. Also, I I love your fucking your your impression of my accent. It's hilarious, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. You're getting there. You're getting there. Okay. Um, region description. Well, uh, do you guys have want to do the theory crafting corner, or are we gonna kick that to next time? Now that Yen is in fact here, I I really I want to do the show poll though before. I want to do. The we show should poll. do the show poll first. Yeah, it was a fantastic show poll. I was so excited that I thought of it. I felt really clever. It should happen. What is the show? What have we decided for this show? You'll then? you'll hear later. We can't spoil it now. Go okay. to Declarations of War. Oh, uh, we can we can spoil it because we after all we do want the audience to come vote for it. And the poll is: Will the Nightmare Theory Crafting Corner ever happen? We could do it today, <laughs> but like we could do Jen, it another time. You're skewing the results. This is our very scientific poll. Okay, I, we I have I do to want see to do the it, predictive. Like... We have to test the test the predictive nature of the Declarations of War listening. Group. Well, they're very what scientific. Is this, is this so that you can just conclusively say that MC definitely won that war? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I only pinged once, okay? Only once did I ask people to vote in that poll. And to be fair, if Yin had pinged, he would have had more people than you would have. That's probably like, true, but I, I have too much integrity. Hmm. Mm. 
Somebody <laughs> clipped that right there. Oh my fucking god, that's so funny. That is, uh, that's the best. That's the show highlight right there for Twitch, for sure. Oh, man, oh, there, man. there are people who don't have waifus. Good job. Yeah, 50% of our audience have no waifu. But 50% do. I'm I'm surprised that there wasn't an option for... Because Hell No is, like, really negative. You didn't put, like, a, no, I'm still looking for my true waifu, like I am. Oh, that, yeah, that would have been good, because I would have fallen in there as well. I wonder how many of our non-waifu people were in that category. Like, well, I don't want to say yes, that I have a waifu, because I haven't really found the one for me yet. Hmm. Uh, someday uh, someday we'll, we'll redo that so. poll. <laughs> During the second great anime war. Right. We'll just have to arrange another one. <laughs> what is our lives? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, uh, let's hop into region descriptions. Uh, Ian, why don't you kick us off with The Forge? Alright, I'm gonna, gonna go for a very officious Kaldari uh, state for here. Oh, indeed, indeed. The greater the state becomes, the greater humanity under it flourishes. Well done. Yeah, that's quite nice. Speaking of the state, we move on to tribute. For a long time, the Kaldari state maintained an illicit but considerable military presence in the region. They often referred to as the Northern Barrier patrolling the Crescent-Safe region in an attempt to detect and intercept raiding parties from Greece to strongholds in Venal. The arrival of Capsuleer alliances, however, made their listening posts both untenable and unnecessary, so they evacuated their assets and retreated from the region. Where the Empire saw a barrier, the Capsuleers saw a transit corridor, and the Tribute Pipeline is now a strategically important route carrying trade between the state and the northern territories. Malicite in the stream chat says, For the state! <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, twitch.tv slash Alec if you guys want to participate in Declarations of War live. We do it every other Sunday. You can usually find the event on my stream page. You're more than welcome. Now, really quickly, Jin, before we move on, I know you weren't prepared for this. You weren't expecting to be reading this particular region description, but give it your best shot. UUA Tech F4. I'm sorry, sir, but that information is classified. Wow, Alec, your Jin Tan impression is spot on. <laughs> oh. Sorry, my, my real name actually sounds pretty close to Alec. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. You you should uh, okay you, okay okay. Do you you do your your thing, Alec? Because I didn't actually read it. Haha. My out. <clears throat> Let's see here. Hold on. Hmm. Classified. <laughs> Sound like uh, the British Siri? <laughs> British Siri is actually really weird. Sounds super off. All right, for Veil of the Silent, I'm gonna do my best, Steve Irwin. Uh, shout out to Melody Sheep, the musician, for making that come together. He had a, a brilliant tribute remix, uh, which, if you haven't gone out and listened to it, you totally should. Uh, pardon me? Uh, Melody Sheep, he makes remixes for people for PBS. Mm. 
They're pretty amazing. Maybe we'll put that as one of the uh, ending songs. All right. Getting my body ready for this. A sprawling region in the galactic north. The Vale of the Silent has a reputation as one of the most foreboding regions in the cluster. The Garistus pirates who prowl the area, scavenging for resources, do little to dispel the notion that the Vale is a haunted relic of times past. Rumors of secret, Jovian experiments in the area abound, though no one has ever given proof of such things. The region is one of the closest areas to Jovian space, despite no longer having any functioning stargates leading there. Many of the other empires have made attempts to set up spying stations in an attempt to probe out Jovian secrets, but none have lasted long in this harsh area. Now the area is left totally to Capsidea control, and they've proven hardier than even those who came before them. If I could press my push to talk and clap at the same time, I would. Well done, Alec. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh, oh, the sound of one hand clapping. That was... <laughs> That was a really good uh, crocodile hunter impression. Thank you, thank you. I I don't quite have his energy level in there yet, but I'm I'm getting there. Didn't sprinkle in any crikeys. Oh yeah. Whoa, that's a whopper. <laughs> I now want to. I now want to be in a fleet where the FC is just the entire time just laughing as Steve Irwin. Just like... Oh, it's a nightmare fleet! <laughs> Did you guys ever see or participate in... I remember seeing some videos and footage of police comets, Fed Navy comets, if I recall correctly, when the police skin first came out. Some below-sec entity put on an NPS high room, and their FC FC'd the entire thing with this crazy, like, Boston accent, all completely in character as some police captain or something. It was amazing. I'll have to find a link to it. But did any of you familiar with what I'm talking about? No, I missed the boat on that one. Oh, it was phenomenal. I used to... I've watched it probably half a dozen times, just when I when it comes to my mind, I want to go have a giggle. I'll watch that. It's It's brilliant. We need more in-character RPFCs. Jintan... I'm not. I'm we not. need real Pravi Trump to FC. That's what oh, we need. God. I actually know who that guy is, by the way. Well, get him to pick up a fleet. No. He, He'd he be a tremendous fleet. Down. He, he enjoys just being anonymous. It's great. He yeah, could still be anonymous. He just has to do the voice. He could change his login credentials and all that stuff. No one would ever know. Yeah, just do it on all. Yeah, I have to. Uh, Alexia, have you play uh, you play League of Legends, right? Sure. I've I've wanted for a while to you start you start like a cre- uh, scre- who's that fucking that Yordle that rides the Raptor? What's his name? Cled. That's the one. I, I thought it was Scred, but I'm getting confused with like magic terminology there. And um, yeah, I've always wanted to like use some of his quotes as a soundboard because he just sounds great for FCing. If you like, he does kind of. If, if you play any of his quotes, you'll know what I mean. It's amazing. All right, and that's it. We are gonna head out of here. This has been Declarations of War. Go to declarationsofwar.com to participate in our show poll. Leave a comment on the show. 
The capitalist army is my corp. It is recruiting. We can use a few more good capitalists. Join capitalist chat in-game for more info and hop on a roam with one of us and see if you're a good fit. For myself, Artemis, and Yentan, wherever you are, good hunting listeners. My dad taught me from a very early age, be at one with the snake. Feel it, son. And I am. I've got to get the camera. I've got to be right in there. I have to get right fair smack into the action. Here we go. Look at this. Look, look at this. I'm going to push it. I'm going to push it to the limit. Danger, danger, danger. I jumped on a croc under the water. Why hip, 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 hip in the head. Scarred me here. I'm on top of the world. I'm going to push it. Push it to the limit. such a special moment. This is what I want to share with you. All I want to do is show you the beauty of this animal. I'm going to have to be so careful here. See the way they jump. Did you see that? Holy smokes. Holy smokes. I've been Because I feel so passionate Passionate about all of our wildlife Danger, danger, danger that I can gather from this one poo. He's looking whack strike. Wiggle, 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 wiggle. Tighten up, great, great, great. This is his territory. This is his terrain. He's the biggest predator out here. Oh, you're going to bite me. Oh, you're going to bite me on... Ah! Holy smokes. Conservation is my job my life, my whole persona. And it's my job, it's my ambition, ambition. I'm on top of the world. I'm gonna push it, push it to the limit. I get to do the wildest things in the world. I'm gonna push it to the limit. I'm on top of the world. I'm gonna push it, push it to the limit. I get to do the wildest things in the world. This is like a dream come true. Share it with me. Come with me. Share my wildlife with me.